Big Fluff. Nobody cares about me, whether I live or die. Nobody seems to care because you don't seem to care about yourself. You have to care first. If you like yourself, others will like you too. There's nothing to like. There's a lot to like if you wouldn't try to be something you're not. It don't work. I know. You better find out now and save yourself a lot of grief. Everybody hates me. Nobody hates you. No. Then why do my parents always send me away? To school all year on trips every summer. And you, you threw me out of your room. You didn't throw Abigail out. You know what you need? A good old-fashioned spanking. <laughs> Maybe I do. Nobody ever cared enough about me, even for that. All right, Eleanor. If that'll prove that somebody does care. You wouldn't dare. Oh, wouldn't I dare, wouldn't I? <laughs> I got a feeling this is going to make both of us an awful lot better. Hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm awestruck. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where no one ever cared of enough about us, even for spankings. God, that... Man. Uh, it's, it's February, everybody, and... I think all that was clear so far. <laughs> and we're doing Elvis movies, uh, because... He did a lot of romantic movies, and February is a romantic month, so... And also, we're... if you tuned in for a romantic month full of romantic movies, I already apologize. <laughs> yeah, uh, or you just discovered a new kink that you had. Yeah, either way. Uh, but yeah, we, well, we decided to watch Elvis movies. Um, obviously, the most recent Baz Luhrmann Elvis biopic has been making news, winning awards, getting nominations, and things like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, Elvis is from a bygone era when uh, it was regular fodder for cinemas for huge pop stars to have vehicles made about them. Yeah, vehicles where they drive vehicles and they play. It's it's a weird thing, these Elvis movies, because he's always playing a character, but he's not. You know, it's like I'm some normal guy who lives a normal life. But also, I break into songs and sound exactly like Elvis. It's like, but I'm also Elvis. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't quite... And also, everyone kind of treats me like I'm Elvis because I get away with things that a normal person that I'm purporting to be would not get away with. Like kidnapping or... Well, he didn't kidnap her, but he did spank her. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that scene. I, I apologize. I put it up top at the beginning of the episode when we, no, we it, need it to would, get to it, it would be weird to build up to it right yeah you know what fine let's let's talk about it now because it's i suppose the elephant in the room and i just well, before we do that the movie's blue hawaii right? we should say that <laughs> it was blue hawaii it's an elvis movie um but we should talk about okay so real quick in this movie let's play a guy named chad which is already hilarious to me yes uh, and his and his island buddies call him Chadio, which I love. Yeah, so Chadio is back from the war or military service, and uh, he has returned to Hawaii, where insanely he is introduced, where a beautiful woman in a sports car 
rushes to the tarmac to meet him and he is making out with a different woman who is the flight attendant when she arrives. That's how we meet his character. And yes, we're supposed hero. to like him immediately. Um, I, I feel like because the absurdity happens right away. I, I know we said we we're going to talk about the spanking scene, which involves yet a third woman. Right. But when it, it actually involves a group of women. Yes. A, a, a veritable bevy of, of women. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I feel like it, uh, I don't know. This, this movie's bananas. It is bananas. But so, okay, just to finish setting it up. So he's returned home. He has rich parents. He's, he's a Nepo baby of a pineapple baron. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I didn't think about it in those terms, but you're 100% right. Also, should be clear because you're thinking this movie sounds weird. I bet it can't get weirder. His mother is played by Angela Lansbury. <laughs> and we'll talk about her more later, too, because his mother is played by Angela Lansbury. By Dame Angela Lansbury. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Murder, she wrote. Mrs. Potts. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Also, my fair lady Angela Lansbury. May she rest in peace. Yes, may she rest in peace. We, we recently, within the last year, lost Angela Lansbury, and, yeah. and I saw her. I'm guessing final performance in Glass Onion, which was a delightful cameo. Yeah, that's right. She did make a delightful cameo, uh, a really delightful cameo in that movie. Yeah, uh, as herself. Yes, and the, she the role she was born to play. Some yes. might argue, and she played. A, a, a online game with uh, Benoit Blanc, who was in a bathtub, and with Natasha Lyonne, and it was somehow not as weird as this movie. Oh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there, too. I couldn't remember who the other one was. Thank you. It's been a minute since I oh, watched no, it. But... It, was, it was also the late Stephen Sondheim, Angela Lansbury, Natasha Lyonne. Benoit Blanc and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think Benoit Blanc's next movie should be investigating why two of the people from his uh, online games have now died. His, Between, game of, his game of Among Us have since passed. Between him and Poker Face, I think the two of them should really try to crack the case of what's happening to all their friends. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's get back to this whirlwind of a film. Okay, so yeah, so he's a, the son of a pineapple magnate. But he doesn't want to join the family pineapple business because he wants to be a layabout. I don't think he has a real plan. He just doesn't yeah, want to he, do he that. He wants to hang out with his island boys. Um, <laughs> and rag on his one friend for his eating habits, which seems to be like 80% of what he does. Yeah. But and yeah, play he, a lot of bongos and do a lot of chanting. Yeah. It's very McConaughey. His life. He, he's, he's trying desperately to McConaughey. Yeah. And Angela Lansbury does not want him to McConaughey. Which, check the IMDb history. You'll see they've never worked together, her and Matthew That's McConaughey. True. And there's a reason. It's because she hated him. She hated anyone whom, or she loved him and she was such a good actress that she convinced the world that she hated him. Because they secretly, and we're here to break the story now, had a torrid decades long love affair. It was actually a thruple with Matthew McConaughey and his wife. Yeah, she was into it. Yeah, everyone was. Yeah, she, and he asked, Matthew McConaughey asked his wife if they could bring Angela Lansbury into their bedroom. And she said, all right, all right, all right. She said, she's already here. <laughs> she said, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. 
<laughs> anyway, good night, everyone. Uh, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. And he's also kind of in love with the girl that, he, that picks him up in the sports car. Yeah, that he made out with another woman in front of in our intro scene to him. He, but he does love her. Yes. And the car, which is his car. Yeah. And then uh, just realizes that he knows the island really well uh, and comes to realize he has a penchant for to being a tour guide. And so he becomes a tour guide. And that's uh, where the bevy of women come in, because he's no ordinary <laughs> tour guide. He's apparently exclusively as a tour guide for young single women. Yes. And so he shows them around the island in a convertible and sings to them. And, As you do. Yeah. Um, and that is where we are introduced to the youngest member of that group that, you know, they're all together is a 17 year old who is in love with Chad. And he's totally not Elvis. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I mean, I think the greatest fiction in this movie is the idea that a 17 year old would be enamored with Elvis and Elvis would not reciprocate. Yeah, no, thank you. And that's that's why I started to tee this up earlier by saying that I think it is the elephant in the room that of that we it's bizarre. And I, I would imagine, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting trying to put ourselves in, in the, the headspace of people when this movie came out. But just to be clear for everyone listening in the year of our Lord 2023, in case you didn't know, I assume everyone knows, but. Elvis Aaron Presley did, in fact, join the military. He did it because he was trying to avoid going to jail. And it was a deal that he worked out. And while he was in the military, he, uh, I mean, the only word that comes to mind is groomed a 14-year-old named Priscilla who became Paul his you. wife. Yeah, who became his wife. So he... Ended up marrying a woman who was a teenager when he met her and he was in the military. And then this movie, which takes place after that happened, has his character being in the military and has an underage character being in love with him and him rebuffing her but also deciding that for her safety or for her mental well-being the only thing that he could possibly do to show that he cared about her would be to put her over his knee and spank her as you do after she tried to drown herself yes uh that she was a suicidal depressive yeah. And uh, in a, an extreme depressive episode, uh, stole a car and tried to drive it into the ocean. But she don't get far. Sorry, those are the lyrics to In the Ghetto. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's I just I watched it happen and it's truly bananas. But then it's also just like, what did you all think that you were doing? Like what? Well, and the fact that uh, Chadio there even says the line at some point, you know, it's like, I'm no cradle robber or something like that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it seems like it almost seems like the movie. You know, what's interesting. I don't know if this will resonate with anyone else, but uh, Molly and I just watched that Paul T. Goldman show on Peacock, which I would recommend. It's delightful, but it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, too, of essentially in that it's about a guy who sort of takes his real life and then he rewrites these fictional like he he uses his life as a basis for these fictional stories where he things play out differently. But it kind of feels like that where it's like, I don't know if Elvis had the awareness. I don't know if it was the people making the movie, but someone along the way looked at what really happened in Elvis's life and basically retconned reality. And even the retconning is not great. No, because he does still commit child abuse and assault. And also just that scene where we it works. That's what I was going to say. Where we cut that clip is where the scene ends. And then we don't check in. on. That's like also with 10 minutes left in the movie. And then we don't really check in on that character again. That That's the end. That's a wrap on it, yeah, her plot line. She shows up once more and is fine. But that's what I mean. It's that, that's never the, mentioned. Yeah, like that's the end of everything with her. Then she's just there at the end. You know, it's uh, the 60s were a simpler time when, you know, someone just needed a good spanking. I do think it's a good reminder, I think, for whenever people try to... I don't know, clutch their pearls about the kids these days or whatever, just to be like, ah, things were always insane. You guys just put a nicer veneer on it. And you were on the other side of it, so you didn't realize. Yeah. Like, eh. Eh. It's wild. It, but it's just, look, I, I just have to bring all that up because the movie brought all that up. Like, it, it makes you aware of it. Like, it put it in the movie. So. There you go. Yeah, like it all happens. Um, this God, this movie, like. I don't know that we've watched a movie. Where more happens less than in this movie. Yeah, because there's like no appreciable conflict. There's no appreciable resolution. There isn't really a strong antagonist. There isn't really like any of the classic. Like man versus conflicts in the movie. Well, I mean, it is a thing, right? Of, of it makes sense. It's pretty universal. It's pretty understood. Of like, guy doesn't want to follow in parents' footsteps and instead wants to create his own path. That is a great start. Oh yeah, hundred percent. A yeah. conflict, but in the reality of the movie, it's like guy doesn't want to do what rich parent says, so he just like it. Kind of has that problem of well. No matter what he did, he was going to be fine. Like, none of these options are bad. Like, he's a rich man named Chad. Like, yeah, he's, his, his, his whole... name is Chad Gates. That's yeah. his name. Yeah, like, it was always going to work out for him. So, in some ways, the plot is just, uh, you know, uh, like a foregone conclusion. I, I don't know which version of everything working out for Chad is going to fall into place. Uh, and fun fact, the alternate title for this movie was Everything Working Out for Chad. Yeah, it just wasn't as catchy on the LP. Right, it didn't fit on a LP cover for Blue, as Blue Hawaii did. Yeah, so... Uh, and they, they cut that song uh, 
how's everything going to work out for Chad from the movie? Which I think they really lost something because that was Angela Lansbury's big moment. Right. It was the Angela Lansbury Elvis duet that we've been all waiting. God, what a missed opportunity. Angela Lansbury, who is a fine singer in her own right. Yeah. Duet with Elvis, man. Wasn't she? She was Mrs. Potts, right? And she was Mrs. Potts. Yeah. Uh, she originated Eliza Doolittle on Broadway. Yeah. Or I, no, in the West End. Sorry, not Broadway. Um, come on, man. Or maybe it was Broadway. But either way, uh, she uh, was, I believe, like a com- an Oscar away from a competitive Oscar away from an EGOT. Which, hey, Academy, there's still time to award her for her performance in Glass Onion. Yeah. Best supporting actress. Yeah. Angela Lansbury as herself. Um, but yeah, like this, man, I hadn't thought about how much I wanted to see Elvis and Angela Lansbury duet on uh, how's it going to work out for Chad more than talking. That didn't occur to me until just now. And I mean, if there's whatever the opposite, the dark lining of this movie is that that didn't happen. Yeah, the darkest lining. <laughs> The darkest lining. I definitely um, think that's a thing that we should add for this year, just to to reinvigorate the show. We should find the worst case scenario for the movie. Yeah, the, or the darkest w- lining for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing that would have for sure been a silver lining, but didn't happen. So it's the darkest lining. I'm in. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but good gravy. Yeah, I I will say that like my impression. Uh, and I haven't seen a lot of Elvis movies, so this month will be fun, but I have seen Viva Las Vegas. So uh, from just like the sense that I get from my limited scope is like Elvis movies feel like they're just vibes. Like they're not. <laughs> I would say. Yes. Yeah, that they, they have plots. And I think Viva Las Vegas has more of a plot than this movie, but that like they're just sort of. You know, a guy hangs out. He randomly breaks into song occasionally. He's some level of creepy, but in a way that the 1960s don't seem properly aware of that. They they're they don't know that what he's doing isn't okay. Right. That 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 is acceptable masculine chauvinist behavior in 1963 or whenever this came out. Because watch watch Viva Las Vegas, which is very charming. And I liked it. But uh, he just is strip stalking um, and Margaret and Margaret, who I don't know if anybody knows this, if anyone's ever pointed this out. And Margaret is very attractive. God, I hadn't thought about that before, but now that, you know, the, when you think about the legs and the gorgeous mm-hmm. hair and the yeah, she's a she's a striking woman, that Anne Margaret. Yeah. So not only did we break uh, news of the thruple between Matthew McConaughey, his wife, and Angela Lansbury, uh, we also revealed in this podcast that Anne Margaret is an attractive woman. Although I'm concerned because Andy, you and I have already agreed to go fishing in like a, a snowy town together where, with Anne Margaret and the two of us older men who uh, have uh, a perchance for being <laughs> misanthropic. <laughs> that I'm just concerned for how that's all going to work out. Uh, I think it'll work out really good the first time and there'll be diminishing returns if we try to do it again. That sounds right. It sounds like there's enough there for one really memorable outing. <laughs> but if we if we if we dared 
Even the addition of an icon, uh, a screen icon like Sophia Loren wouldn't quite make it. Because I think it would still sort of just be rehashing the original movie and, and just sort of stunt casting your way out of a lack of new ideas. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> um, stay tuned for the shot for shot remake of Grumpy Old Men starring Joel and Andy. And are they, are they both still with us? Can we get Anne-Margaret and Sophia Loren? They are. Okay, well, hey. All right. Get those checkbooks out or check cards. Get those Venmos out. Get those <laughs> Zells out. And, uh, and just send us as much money as possible to, to make that movie. And uh, playing the role of Burgess Meredith, Joel's dog, Jolene. It's the role she was born to play. Um... Anyways, back to Blue Hawaii. Uh, yeah, like there's no appreciable, there's no obstacles thrown in the way, really. Like there's that one point where he almost gets fired, but then the guy's like, all right, now nah, I'll not fire you. Which is weird because things happen. Like there's a bar fight. Like there's. He gets arrested. He gets arrested. Like if you listed the things that happen, a lot happens, but there's no appreciable narrative or stakes yeah there's no heightening there's no actual conflict or any of that um at all in the movie and it's it and then it just ends <laughs> yeah they get they get <laughs> well he has... i don't know if we should talk about it now or we should go back to the beginning because there's two just bananas things i want to talk about well, I don't know if since you mentioned the ending, I don't know if you were going to bring this up or not. And I don't know if this is one of the two things. But while I'm thinking about it and then we should get to your whatever else you got. But like, I do think the resolution is so ridiculous because it's like, where well, are you going to work for your dad? Or are you going to work for this tourist, uh, you know, like this tour guide job? And Elvis's solution is going, hey, dad, I got it. I'm going to work for both of you. Because these pineapples that you sell, what if you had your annual pineapple convention here in Hawaii instead of Atlanta? And what if sometimes if people sold a lot of pineapples, you rewarded them with a trip to Hawaii and then I oversaw that, which is just on the one hand, yes, good idea. On the other hand, no one thought of that before. <laughs> maybe we should, maybe the people would want to come here to Hawaii for the it, uh, conference. It, it takes the uh, business acumen of Chadwick Chadio Gates, yeah, to come up with such an idea. I was even going to take it a step further when he decides to name the company Gates to Hawaii or Gates of Hawaii, and uh, his love interest for the movie is like, "Wait, I don't get included in the name." He's like, "Oh no, you're in that name." Because it's Gates. Because it's Gates. Because this is how I'm proposing to you. Yeah. And then he said, he doubles cut to the wedding. He doubles down on that, too, because he says something to the effect of like, well, I could have done a fancy proposal, but you'd say yes anyway. And so it's like, what? So because you know she's going to say yes, you're just copying out on giving her a real proposal. Well, yeah. And then he did a great Johnny Cash impression <laughs> to get that message across. <laughs> yep <laughs> um yeah it's it's wild and then literally it's smash cuts to the wedding yeah because we gotta get out 
This has been an hour and 30 minutes, so we got to yeah. we can oh, hit shit. that we, speed. We, we've shot too much. Pedal. We're not going to go back and cut anything. We've just been editing this on the fly. Yeah. If you told me that this was shot in shot and edited in camera, I would believe you that it was just shot yeah. sequentially. <laughs> All one and, take and just and just spliced in wet and delivered directly to the theater from the, or was edited on the plane over from Hawaii to Los Angeles. And I think that is supported. And, I, and I'll say, like, you know, we're getting to the silver lines pretty soon. Like Elvis is very charismatic in this, but it he definitely had the vibe of a guy doing one take who wasn't entirely sure what his lines were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't do a whole lot of rehearsal. The weird thing is, um, if the Baz Luhrmann movie is to be believed, and I like to think that it is, and just a lot of reports that he did take acting very seriously, so it says, but he also clearly didn't believe in multiple takes. No, I do think that Baz Luhrmann movie is exactly how it happened. Yes. Um, that I don't know if you know this, but the penguin from the Batman was his manager. I knew that. Uh, who doesn't yeah. know that? Yeah, I mean that's pretty. I, I'm sorry, I forgot we're dealing with Elvis fans, but yeah, the the the, the penguin from Batman, as played by Arik Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, um, the, the, that was his manager, and um, man, I, I love gold. It is such a shame that that movie is critically acclaimed because I would love to do it on this show, but it's too loved. It's too many people like it, and it's okay. Um. All right, so to go back to the top of the movie, because I think when we get to the silver linings, uh, we are going to talk about the music on some yeah. level. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think that goes without saying. So I want to point out one song that unquestionably needs to be maligned. Okay. Uh, and that is after she picks him up and he sings a version of the uh, French children's song classic Alouette. Mm-hmm. About how he uh, was mostly true to her. Yeah, he does do that. That's a thing that happens in the movie. Again, introduced making out with another woman. Then, yeah, he sings a song about being mostly true to her. I've he, been mostly, mostly true to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real. It's a fucking pop. First of all, Let's I mean, get... I think that's what's so fucked up about it is that it it, it makes you against your will, being like, "This is a pretty good song." <laughs> it's <laughs> like Elvis. If Elvis can turn Alouette, change up the lyrics, and make it into a pop hit, it's really it's goddamn that charming bastard. It's that song and wasn't me. You know, are the two that it's like, I don't want to align myself with the person singing this, but damn it, it's so catchy. I've been mostly, mostly true to you. Can you imagine if Elvis, I, now I just, now there's two missed opportunities. It's the thing with him and Angela Lansbury, but also, could you imagine if instead of Shaggy, it was like, you're a little catchier? <laughs> Saw me dancing on the counter. Wasn't me. <laughs> So hanging on the sofa. Wasn't me. <laughs> Even did it in the shower. Wasn't me. Yeah. Oh man. Now yeah. I, I I just want to hear an Elvis rendition of it wasn't me by Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, it would have been great. Um, um but no. yeah, yeah, I did, <laughs> definitely worth mentioning that song, which is yeah. bizarre. Um I'm good to pivot if you're good to pivot. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we, I think we can stay with the music because 
look, I I, I want to be clear because obviously, like, I'm not going to, you know, like Elvis was a complicated guy and I'm not going to pretend that there weren't uh, terrible things about him and who he was. But at the same time, his music, man, like is <sighs> iconic and um, the um, I can't help falling in love with you is one of my favorite Elvis is, songs. I would say it's one of it. It might be one of my favorite love songs, period. Yeah, it's great. And it, um, and it works. And it's even in this movie where it's just he's like hanging out and then he just goes into it sort of randomly to the grandmother. Right. It's not even to uh, his love interest or it's well, to both of them. To his love interest in front of the grandma uh, to like demonstrate how true he's going to be to his love interest. Right. Yeah, but as soon as he hit that, like the, there is a just part of my brain that immediately lit up. And yeah, I I I think this is the first time I've seen this movie. I can't say a hundred percent for sure because a lot of Elvis movies blur together. But I had certainly forgotten that "Can't Help Falling in Love with You" is from this movie. Yeah. Um, and like, what a great song! No, it is. Like I said, it's and and at an age when. I because Elvis was played a lot in my house. So like I grew up listening to Elvis and my dad was a big Elvis guy. Yeah, same. Uh, Actually, my mom also a big Elvis gal. Uh, Yeah, also same. Yeah, but I yeah, like the Christmas album frequently. uh, That's a great album. Blue Christmas is a another freaking bop. Let me just tell you. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like so I've I've known this song my whole life. I definitely could never have told you until today that it's from this movie, but it's. Yeah, if all we got from Blue Hawaii was that song, I'd say that the whole endeavor was worth it. It because yeah, no, hundred percent. If <laughs> yeah, if there was no other music in the movie and there was just that little two minutes of uh, yeah, of God, what if the lyrics to that song are great, the melody's great, like Elvis is at his like sentimental Elvisy best in that song. Ah, oh, I I just love it. No, it's it's great. No, it's yeah, it's fantastic. No but notes. Like, yeah, no notes on that. But like, there's a lot. Um, Rockahula is yeah. a freaking bop. Yeah. Rockahula, rock, rockahula, rockahula, rock, rock. Like, it's great. Yeah. No, it is. Like, I was, I was like, it was. That's a fun song. Um, I like Hawaii Elvis with the ukulele. Yeah. Um. I think the uh, Polynesian songs were a lot of fun. Yeah. The I, chanting I, was, was fun the, and cool. I can't remember the, spe- the sp- specifics of the actual song because there was a lot of references to it. But when he was just singing the song about what, everything that one guy eats, it really yeah, did crack me up. it was fun and funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like it. Uh, I, I mean, Elvis is a complicated and complex individual. But. You want to talk about someone just personifying charisma. Few people had it the way Elvis had it. Well, and I think that's the funny thing. And it's it's both what perplexes me about Elvis movies, but I think is ultimately what is charming about them is. I mean, he can play a guy named Chad. He can uh, be immediately, you know, he can play a, a Nepo baby named Chad. He can immediately revealed to be, you know, a womanizer a and a cheater. Chad the cad. Chad the cad. He can uh, spank 17 year olds like all the, He's a weird creep in this movie if you really just wrote it down on paper and, and did the math. But then 
it's always at odds with whatever the story is because it's like, well, he's Chad and he's trying to figure it out. And then it's like, well, Chad, you ever considered maybe uh, singing for yeah, a living? Maybe, maybe being a pop sensation? Because you've got it. Like, I, <laughs> it, it kind of just has that. And I, like I said, I think it's both charming and, and odd about these movies that the fact that every person in his orbit isn't like, no, Chad, I'm, ser- I'm serious. Like, I'm not just telling you this. To, to inflate your ego, go into a recording studio and this song that you just made up for her grandmother, like record that. Lay that down, my dude. That's a hit. <laughs> well, and I think that that's why I think a lot. I think conventionalism says that Viva Las Vegas is the best Elvis movie. And I'm not going to quibble with that too much, but that is the plot of Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. <laughs> And it's also and the, Jailhouse Rock is my personal favorite. Um, it's like also I the just, plot of Oh Brother Where Art Thou, <laughs> which was basically an Elvis movie. When you think about I it, I think it's a a Cohen reimagining of Jailhouse Rock <laughs> and the Odyssey. Yeah, it's just if you match those two together. But like, Elvis isn't the most handsome man in the world. No. You know, until the 1970s, until the 19, until and then the, he's the hot. bloated jumpsuit phase, yeah. um, and the all leather comeback special outfit. Let me tell you, baby, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, he just is magnetic and like is the focal point of every scene he's in, despite being surrounded by beautiful women, despite being you know all this stuff. Um, and some of that's because this is an Elvis vehicle. Yeah. You know, and in a way, in a, in a way that they don't make movies like that anymore for right. good or for ill. Well, and just the idea that he was that charismatic, that it was going to carry a movie. People would go to see it just because they liked Elvis that much and they wanted to see him sing. And well, let's be honest, there just there wasn't anything on cable yet. And uh, there weren't streaming services. So, like, there wasn't a lot to do back then. And I think that does contribute. But like, I I mean, I like you hate to make that glib of a comment, but you're not wrong at all about that. Is that but it also just it's hard to imagine, you know, I mean, last month we one of the movies that we did, which was the most maligned movies of 2022 was a movie that starred Harry Styles, who is one of the biggest pop stars in the world now. And it's hard to imagine a world where Harry Styles is making these types of movies. You know what, though? Like, that might be a better use of Harry Styles than Don't Worry, Darling. I'm not saying don't do it. I never said don't do it. You know, (laughs) look, uh, Harry and Olivia Wilde, if you're listening, I think they broke up. But uh but uh, I mean, why not? Why not collab on this? Like, remake Blue Hawaii with Harry Styles. Okay, well then, who now we have to cast the rest of it? All right, um, Helen Mirren as uh, Angela Lansbury. Love it. Um, can we get that? Um, that one lady that she's in everything. She was in Seinfeld, where she played Frank Costanza's love interest, and like she was in. Um, you know, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend. She played Josh's mom. She plays like everyone's. Oh, like she, is the Polynesian grandmother? Yeah, that's who's got to be the Polynesian grandmother. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you for that. Um, I think Kiernan Shipka as Eleanor because 
the spanking scene. I think you can't. You have to put that in unedited. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a big part of this movie. So that's central to the plot. But you know what? No, I say I say we update it. Right. So we do the 2023 spin on it. Here's my pitch. It's Harry Styles that drowns. And she pulls him out and spanks him. And then spanks him. I mean, yeah, Kieran Shipka spanking Harry Styles is Is more than a few people's dreams. (laughs) Including, I hope, Kieran Shipka's. Um, Yeah. uh, No, I think, you know, um, I think all of it works. It's uh, Amy Hill. I wanted to find her name because I do love that actress. No, she's 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 going to play the grandma. And she... Just epic comedic timing. No, she. I've loved her and everything. She's just one of those like that actors who always shows up, works all the time, does a ton of TV stuff, and is always great. She's in Fifty First Dates too. Like, yeah, she's, yeah, she's fantastic. No, I think I think that's a great choice. Um, yeah, I, I say let's re, let's remake it for a modern day with Harry Styles, directed by Olivia Wilde, and then we'll find the, out it was all a simulation. This might sound weird, but I think Christopher Walken for owner of the touring agency not his dad <laughs> oh wait yeah who's gonna be his dad um i think that his dad should be danny devito hmm first thought best thought yeah first thought best thought i'm, I'm here for it <laughs> because um, also look as much as we want to see elvis and angela lansbury I think at the end of the day, we all want to see that smoldering chemistry between Danny DeVito <laughs> and Harry Styles <laughs> and Harry Styles. No. And uh, and Helen Mirren and Helen Mirren, <laughs> not Harry Styles. That would be weird. That's his son. Oh, good point. But yeah, in, in our version, there's just a lot of just like, it's you know, just, what's, it's just you smoldering know, the whole time. You know what, son? Go, go out and uh, do whatever you do with your friends. We, we want the place to ourselves. Yeah. God, that's another thing. Like, talk about like toxic relationship culture being epitomized in a movie. Is the dad just had these zingers to end all those scenes, and it was like really misogynistic. Yes, yeah. The dad is not a great character, and no. that's why. That's why um, I just think lean into it. I mean, Devito. You look at Matilda. Like, just make him. No, if you want to talk about a guy who, by all accounts, is one of the genuinely good people in the world. But is able to play just slime balls to great effect. Yeah, I mean that's essentially what he's been doing on It's Always Sunny for yeah. you know over a decade now, almost twenty years. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, I'm here for it. But we're finally uh, going to give it to you. Like we're finally going to put him and Helen Mirren together, which which is what the world has all been clamoring for. Yeah, torrid love scene. Hmm. Um. But yeah, this, like, again, I believe that both of our barometers for what makes a quality film are incredibly ruined by doing this podcast. Oh, uh, for sure. I don't even know if I could recognize a good movie if I saw one. I don't know. Th- I I think I can still recognize a good movie. I have no clue if I can recognize a bad movie anymore. That's fair. Yeah. Because I, 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 I saw Glass Onion and I was like, that's a good movie. That is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, same. So, so I was able to recognize that. True. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's the floor. It's not the ceiling. It's the floor that we've lost. The floor is gone. Yeah. Um, that being said, we're, like... We're a couple of wily Coyotes, and the floor <laughs> disappeared several seconds ago, and we just haven't looked down yet. We're about to hold up the, the white picket sign that says, oh, no. 
<laughs> as we plummet to our doom. Yeah. Um, but no, this movie, like, it it is pretty well shot. Like, it looks interesting. Like, they do a good job of, like, making Hawaii look beautiful. Huge challenge. Yeah, right. You know, talk about an uphill battle, making Hawaii look amazing. Um, you know, Elvis has a magnetic screen presence. The songs are great. I mean, it has one of the best Elvis songs, period, in this movie. Yeah. Like there's there is a lot to like about it. It um were you to actually try to make this movie in 2023, some some people might have some issues with some of the misogyny. Yeah. And those people would be right. Yes. Let's yeah. be let's be abundantly clear about that. <laughs> yeah. Um that uh Yeah, and it's it, but at, at the same time, like there is a sense of fun, like when he's singing Alouette about I'm not going to cheat on you that much. Like, yeah, that is a bold move that only Elvis could pull off. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you kind of have to applaud the sheer bravado of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, look, I, I said it at, the, you know, earlier in the episode, but I, I do mean it like. You know, I don't think it's a negative thing. This movie is just vibes. Like it's yeah. It's if just you like a, it, Elvis, and you want to mood. If you want to watch Elvis be an Elvis, and you want a breezy cotton candy, uh, you know, slice of the '60s in all of its forms the the fun parts, the misogynistic parts, the vroom vroom cars parts. I I just had a bit of a realization that. We didn't, I didn't realize it until just now, but one Adam Sandler is following the Elvis format. That's true. Gorgeous location, beautiful women, do whatever I want. Yeah, that's true. Critics be damned. <laughs> yeah. I, God bless him. It, again, <laughs> of all the things, we have a list of things that we wish happened in some other timeline. I now wish that, uh, you know, Elvis had started Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> oh man, yeah, uh, and and um, the Water Boy. <laughs> oh, trouble do what a oh high quality H2O. I mean, look, if we're if we're gonna do it, like, why not? <laughs> Do the whole just like I'll turkey for you and turkey for me. Launch lady I think what we're saying is we need an Elvis impersonator to, to work on an album of cover songs for us. <laughs> just to do a bunch of Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler and uh It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Yes. Uh you know, if if we ever get in touch with an Elvis impersonator, we should we'll bring do it that. up. Yeah, we'll bring it. We'll definitely bring it up. Um, I'm excited for the rest of this month in a way that I wasn't excited about January. Yeah, me too. Um, it felt like January took like nine weeks. Yes. All for our lives. Yeah, uh, yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. Um, it's nice to watch something fun and breezy, but at the same time, like huge caveats for the time and the content of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but go watch a good Elvis movie. Do it. Yeah. Meep Meep. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. 
hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Philip and Katie and Bridget, and we're three friends who like movies, especially movies of yore when we were small and everything seemed awesome. Now we're revisiting these bright, shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real. So sit back and relax and revisit the best, the worst, and everything in between from the 80s and 90s. And find out, is is it for real? real?